Welcome to Soccer Perspective for Parents, where we're discussing what coaches and refs really wish you, the parent, knew about the beautiful game. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the knowledge gap between the parents, that's you, and the coaches and refs. I will attempt to explain the game and rules in a way you can understand. That way, when you're out there watching Timmy, you can just enjoy the game. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, probably should go back and listen to them. They help establish why I'm doing this. Basic of it is I didn't like what one of the guys said in an evaluation form they sent to my sister uh, of my nieces. I didn't like how he worded and stuff like that. It sounded too... What's the word I'm looking for here? It spoke over my sister's head. There was a lot of knowledge there that my that my sister didn't understand. So I'm going to attempt... So I'm attempting in this podcast to close that knowledge gap some. Uh, where I want to go next is I want to talk about individual positions and what makes each individual position good. So what makes a good number three left halfback? What makes a good number seven outside right or right winger? What makes a good uh, number 10? You know, your inside left attacking midfielder. But before I can do all that, I have to build the knowledge gap on those positions and those numbering system. So that's what this podcast is going to be, the 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 knowledge building pod, the knowledge building one. So the first time they used numbers on the field was in 1911. Originally, it indicated both player and the position. So if you had a player that was a 10, or if you had a player that was playing a goalkeeper, he wore number one, and number one stood for both the goalkeeper and his name. Today, it just signifies the player. It doesn't correlate to the position really at, at all. There are some typical roles that are still used, like number one is usually a keeper. Uh, sometimes I see him as zero also, or double zero. Number 10 would be your attacking uh, midfielders, playmakers, or your second striker. Uh, if you want to think of one, think of Messi. He's pretty iconic in that role. Uh, some other ones that were great, number 10 is an iconic, was Pele and Diego Maradona. Number seven uh, is typically a great winger or second striker. So think Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, number nine is usually a good center forward or striker. So think uh, Luis Suarez, Lewandowski, or Latin. As the game evolved, so did the numbering system. So that now it varies between countries and leagues. So not the same across the board, but there's still some, you know, still knowing this will help out. Uh, the numbering system starts at the backfield with the keeper and moves forward and then also goes from right to left, if that makes sense. So it starts at the back with the keeper being the lowest number and moves forward to the front of the field, usually with the forwards being the highest number. And then it goes from right to left. Right is the lower number to left being the higher number. So the first time it was used in association football, which was, it's like a big match. Uh, FIFA, I think FIFA was in uh, August 25th, 1928 in the Arsenal versus Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. The formation of the teams was a 2-3-5, which isn't really run anymore. The field's more balanced out now. So in that numbering system, 2-3-5, you have two defenders, three midfielders, and five forwards. If you do quick math in your head, that's 10 players. What you're missing there is the goalkeeper. And I'll go into that a little bit uh, in a little bit. Uh, so the numbers during that game started were like this. You have one was the goalkeeper. Two was your right fullback. And a fullback just means defender. 
Three was your left fullback. Four was your right halfback. And when they say halfback, they mean midfield. Five was your center halfback. Six was your left halfback. Seven was your outside uh, outside right or right winger, which is another midfielder. He just stays on the outside edge of the field. Eight is inside right, attacking midfield. Nine is your center forward, which is striker. Ten is inside left, attacking midfield. Eleven was outside, uh, outside left, left winger. Back in the past, the game was a lot more attacking-minded than it was defensive. It's balanced out now. So the most seen formation, I would say probably the base formation of this era is the 4-4-2. Four defenders, four midfielders, two forwards. There's some differentiation sometimes between your four backfield being a stopper sweeper or dual center backs. Um, usually see dual center backs at a higher level field, play, field of play. Uh, so more professional, where they have a lot more time to practice together and get to know each other because dual center backs takes a lot more coordination between those two center backs. And it, a lot of times you'll also hear that referred to as flat four because they play in a line. They don't stagger themselves. Then you have the stopper sweeper, which is in the shape of a diamond. Stopper usually being in the back, sweeper usually being the top of uh, the diamond. And that's played at lower levels where you don't have the time to practice every day and day and day in and day out and get to know each other. That's kind of the difference in that backfield on a four four two. Then a lot of times you'll see like four three one one. You see like a uh, three three three, which is three uh, three in the backfield. I'm missing one. It'd be three four three. So you'll have. Three in the backfield, four midfielders, three forwards. You can have all kinds of variations on stuff like that. So we usually have, so we'll have what we call wingers, and they're generally considered more attacking than outside midfield are, but they're basically the same thing. Uh, most of them, uh, most of these, now keep in mind also, I think I've said this once before, but most of these uh, numbers aren't really associated anymore with their actually positions except for the goalkeeper being one the outside right being seven the number nine being your center forward and your number 10 being your uh, inside left or attacking midfielder but uh, they're not really used anymore and also those numbers are only really used as a uh, they're kind of like an honor thing they're like a badge of honor so like uh, at Manchester United, they give seven a lot of times to uh, a player that they feel fits that role. And it, it's like an honor to wear that number seven. Each country region has kind of developed its own numbering system, but they usually leave those four numbers alone. Usually those four numbers are the same thing. Uh, so Brazil, Argentina, UK, France, Italy, Spain... U.S., Canada, they all have their own styles and rules for numbering their players, so you can't don't get too hung up on those numbers meaning certain things. Overall, the old-school numbering system is semi-out-of-date, and that uh, except for uh, the only ones that are ever held on to is the 179 and 10, but they uh, it comes it comes in handy, though, because... 
sometimes guys will write onto uh, forums and will say, oh man, he's a traditional six, meaning he's a traditional left halfback. He's a traditional left midfielder. Or they'll say, hey, he's a traditional two. So he's a traditional, you know, right fullback or right, you know, defender. And so you can also play with those a little bit too. So you'll have two and three, or generally I think uh, two and three will be considered your um, your center backs. And four and five will no longer be considered uh, your, ha- your center half backs. They'll be more um, the outside wingers or the outside backs. So it, it plays. You just have to look into the different systems and see what they're doing. To give y'all an idea of how some of these famous uh, 7, 9, 10, how they're traditionally looked at and they're traditionally played, I'm going to give you some players that you can go back and look at and see uh, how the game, how they play in these uh, 7 roles or 9 role or 10 role. I'm not going to go into the one, the goalkeeper, because they're pretty easy to find out. You just got to Google goalkeeper, you know, greatest goalkeepers ever, and you'll find them pretty quickly. So, a couple of famous sevens. You have George Best, who's possibly one of my favorite players to have ever played the game. He played for Man U, Man U during the 60s. And if you watch him, I believe um, Messi. Messi plays like him a lot. So, he's a good uh, good one to go watch. He He fought through the play a lot. Probably one of my favorite players of all time. Great player to watch. Then you have David Beckham, who was... Another famous seven. You also have currently playing, although he's getting towards the end of his careers, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, especially when he was at Manchester United. Then you have your famous nines. You have uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, who's probably my favorite nine to have ever played the game. He was tough, and he was just he knew how to finish. He had that goal, that that goal sniffing nose. Then you had Johan Cruyff. You had Luis Suarez, or who's, or I shouldn't say had, but have Luis Suarez, who's still currently playing. You have Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who I've always loved. Uh, it's getting towards the end of his career, but he's he's great too. On the female side, you had Mia Hamm, who's probably one of my favorite female players to have ever played the game. Uh, famous tens, you have Pele, who I need don't need to say anymore on it's it's Pele. As much as I hate bringing up his name, Diego Maradona. Diego was a great player on the field. He had some issues off the field and actually on the field as well, but you can't deny his skill. Uh, Wayne Rooney was another famous 10, uh, probably one of my favorite players in the current era. Uh, Zidane, he's a famous number 10, amazing uh, ball skills, amazing ball control, but Unfortunately, he's probably more known for the headbutt in the uh, in the uh, World Cup. I can't remember what year uh, World Cup, but he's probably more famous for the actual headbutt than anything else. Then you had uh, Ronaldinho, who was uh, I love watching Ronaldinho play. His ball control skills, I think, are second to none. I think nobody's ever had the ball control skills that Ron, uh, Ronaldinho has had. Then, of course, you have Messi. I don't need to beat that one to death. Messi's Messi. If you don't know who Messi is at this point, you're not actually watching the game. And then on the women's side, you have Marta. Marta, I really enjoy watching Marta play. She plays for Brazil. She's got great ball control, but she's on her way out if she hasn't retired at this point. But I hope that helps. 
uh, look forward for getting the next episode. Next episode, I'm going to start with the goalkeeper. And uh, I'm going to start with the goalkeeper as far as the players and work my way towards the front about what makes a good player in that position. And we'll probably be starting with the goalkeeper. So always remember, the kids are out there for fun. And let's have a good day.